ومن سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين أما بعد So we're starting the uh, second majlis or the second sitting of this Dhamma Inshallah And we stopped at the third asal The first asal was what? The first foundation was what? Al-ilm The second Acting upon that knowledge Here the Shaykh says Rahimahullah Al-asal al-thalith Ad-da'watu ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ala basira Calling to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The third foundation is From the foundations of Ad-da'wa salafiyya is calling to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon insight, upon knowledge. The Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah.' <coughs> عليهم السلام يقول الله تعالى عن نبيه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم قل هذه سبيلي أدعو إلى الله على بصيرة أنا ومن اتبعني والله سبحانه وتعالى رفع منزلة الداعي إليه على غيره فقال تعالى ومن أحسن قولا ممن دعا إلى الله وعمل صالحا وقال إنني من المسلمين الشيخ سيد رحمه الله إف الله سبحانه وتعالى blesses you with knowledge إف الله جل وعلا blesses a Muslim with knowledge and then blesses the Muslim with acting upon or giving them the tawfiq to act upon what they have learnt, then upon him is to hasten towards teaching the people, making sure that that khayr, that goodness that you now have, that you, it reaches others by calling them, by advising them and guiding them. Because that is the role of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said about his prophet, Commanded him, قُلْ هَذِهِ سَبِيلِ أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَنِي Say, O oh Muhammad, this is my path. And what am I doing on my path? أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ I call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Upon مَادَ عَلَى بَصِيرَةٍ I call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon guidance and upon knowledge and insight. Like not only the Prophet, أَنَا وَمَنِ اتَّبَعَنِي And anyone who follows and everyone who follows, the sunnah of the, of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then he says, Allah, the Sheikh says, rahimahullah, that Allah jalla wa raised <coughs> the status of the da'i, the one that is calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah says, who is better in speech? Who is better in speech than the one that is calling to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And not only that, wa'amila salihan, and he does righteous deeds. Not only does he have knowledge, not only does he do righteous deeds, like he calls others to that knowledge that Allah has given him. المسلمين, and he says that I am from the Muslimin. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Amma an thawabihi wa ajrihi fahuwa azimun li'idhami amalihi fa inna da'iyata ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lahu mithlu ajri man tabi'ahu min al-khayri aw fi al-khayri min ghayri an yanqusa min ujurihim shay'a. وقد جاء في حديث عليه رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال لأن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من حمر النعم Then the Sheikh says رحمه الله That as for the reward of the person that calls to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then his reward is immense And it is great Because <coughs> Why is it great? Because the one that is calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
he will be given the reward of the action of the person that he calls. So for example, if you teach a person how to pray the salah correctly, for every time that they pray the salah correctly, you will be rewarded. Let's say you teach a 20-year-old how to pray. And they end up praying exactly how you told them to pray, which is the correct way. And that they die at the age of 80. How many years have they prayed with that salah that you have taught them? 60 years. You will be rewarded for those 60 years without his reward being decreased. Lakin that is the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You may have died years back, years ago. Lakin they are being guided by the knowledge that you have taught them. How many times do we hear Qala Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah Qala Imam Muslim Qala Imam Ahmed So on and so forth How many times? We say it so often we mention them more than we mention our parents Because that is the benefit of calling people to Islam The masjid that this The masjid that Or the imam that this masjid is named after Imam Nawawi rahimahullah He died about 800 years ago If not more he died about 800 years ago, roughly. Like in here, we have a masjid under his name. And every time we say, every time we say no, we say, Rahimahullah ta'ala. Look at the 40 hadith, Arba'un al-Nawawiyya, and Riyadh al-Salihin. There is not a Muslim house, and there is not a masjid, except that you will find these two books in the, in the masjid. And that is from the benefits of calling people to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, said to Ali radiallahu anhu in a hadith that we're going to study in Kitab al-Tawheed inshallah in the fifth chapter. This hadith we're going to study. So he says to Ali radiallahu anhu in, on the day of Khaybar when he was sending him to call the people to Islam, he said verily if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides one man, one person to Islam, then that is better for you than the, the, anything that wealth can buy What is known as camels is what was known back then Like it is better than the dunya and everything that is in it Because you will be rewarded immensely Not only have you called to the way of Allah But you've encouraged that person to worship Allah You've taught them how to worship Allah They've worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala With that knowledge that you have taught them Then the shaykh says Rahimahullah Wa mimma yanbaghi an yu'lam huna أنه لا يشتغل لمن يكون داع لمن يكون داعيا إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى أن يلم بجميع الأحكام الشرعية ولكن الواجب عليه أن يكون عالما بما يدعو إليه أي القضية التي يبلغها يبلغها إلى الناس يجب عليه أن يكون عالما بها العلم الشرعي ولذلك يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بلغ عني بلغ عني ولو آية الشيخ سيزن هير there's a very important thing that you need to know which is that it is not a condition for a person to call to the way of Allah that he has a whole understanding, wholesome understanding of the whole sharia. It is not to say that you can only call to the way of Allah unless you are a alim. So no one is saying unless you get to the status of Ibn Baz, Ibn Uthaymin, Al-Albani and Fawzan, then don't call to the way of Allah. That is not what is being said. And that is not what is being meant when the scholars say that you call to Allah upon knowledge. Like it just means, or it means that that thing that you are calling to, that you must have knowledge of it. That thing, or that ibadah that you are calling to, or that advice that you are calling to, or that thing that you are prohibiting this person from doing when you're enjoying the good and forbidding the evil, you must have knowledge of it. 
as long as you have knowledge of it, then that is enough. For example, you know that, مثلاً, intoxicants are haram. And you know a person who is using that, <coughs> when you go to them and you tell them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet made this haram, and it is impermissible for you as a Muslim to do so, that is a form of da'wah. The ways that a person can do da'wah are vast. It is not just sitting in the, on the mimbag or standing on the mimbag or, uh, or uh, teaching a lesson. لا. According to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be you walk into the masjid with someone, for example, for Salatul Fajr and they start to pray the Sunnah Salah instead of the Fagad with the Imam. And that is not permissible. So if a person walks into the masjid and the Imam's in the Fajr prayer, the Fagad, and someone walks into the masjid and they pray sunnah. That's not permissible because the Prophet ﷺ said if the karma is called, there's no salah except the one that is being prayed, the, the main one. So when you go to this person, you tell them to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ said this, and then they listen or they don't listen. You are a da'i in that position. You are a nasih, a person who is advising. That is what da'wah is. If you've studied a book, مثلا, you've studied usul al-thalatha. And you've understood all of the things that are mentioned in it. There is no harm in you picking up and teaching it to the youth. There is no harm in you picking it up and teaching it to your family members. And if you do teach it to your family members, then inshallah for that for them rectifying their aqidah and their tawakkul in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their tawheed, then you will get the reward for that. Then the Shaykh says the verse of the hadith of the Prophet then make sure that you pass the message even if it is one ayah from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ or verse. Many groups misunderstand this and they believe it to be that you can give da'wah as long as you, wherever you want, as you want. As long as you just make sure you mention an ayah or hadith or you advise them with something. And that is not the case. The reality is when you learn and you have knowledge of a certain thing, then you call to it. That is, by you calling to it, that is in reality you acting upon your knowledge. By you calling to your, the knowledge that Allah has taught to you, that is you acting upon the knowledge. And the only way that this ummah has carried on throughout the centuries, holding on to, their, holding on to its aqidah, is by righteous people, righteous imams, righteous students of knowledge, passing on that knowledge from generation to generation to generation. Today you're students of knowledge. Tomorrow you're going to be scholars, you're going to be imams of the religion. And you're going to be passing on the message of Islam. And that is the difference between Islam and every other religion. Islam, the followers of Islam, they actually learn Islam. The traditional correct Islam. They learn it and they pass it on through the generations. That's why this religion will remain until Allah Jalla wa'ala, until the end of time. Whereas every other religion goes through transition and development. Like in Islam doesn't know that. But why is that? It's because there are Muslim people that are righteous, that are calling to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Shaykh says, فَإِذَا عَرَفَ الْمُسْلِمُ آيَةً If a Muslim knows the ayah, وَفَهِمَ مَعْنَاهَا عَنْ دَرِيقُ الْعُلَمَاءِ 
he knows the ayah and he understands it according to how or the correct understanding from the scholars wal mufassirin and those that interpret the Quran or agafa hadith and kadalika min ahadith rasulina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or he learns a hadith from the ahadith of our prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or alima hukman min al-ahkam al-shari'iyati kadalika an tariq al-ulama or he learns of a ruling of the sharia halal haram to do this to do that and so on or oh, he learns this ruling by way of reading the books of the scholars. <coughs> he makes sure he passes that knowledge on to other than him. Even though he may not know anything else but that hukum. So he might not know other ahkam, other rulings, like he passes it on. Or will hadith or will ayah, or he passes that verse on or that hadith on. So, and it is not a condition that you have to be alim before you can call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because if that was the case, then no one would, knowledge would not be widespread. So, everyone calls according to their, their ability. Like, in the person has to stay in the roles, that, the role that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. They have to stay. In that role that Allah has given them So for example they are student of knowledge They can teach Lakin they should not give fatawa On major issues That concern the whole ummah Because that will cause this person to now slip By, by answering questions that concern a whole ummah Or issues that concern Mathalan a divorce Mathalan a man, a woman Whatever happens in their home Divorce and this Is it a divorce or did I not divorce her? These are the sorts of issues that students of knowledge should not involve themselves in. Rather the ulama, when they asked about personal issues to do with talaq and nikah, they don't answer it. Because you can't answer personal issues. Personal issues are meant for the mahkamah, for the court of Islam. Where the judge, the qadi, he judges, he looks <coughs> at evidence, this evidence, that evidence, and then he comes to a conclusion. Lakin, you're only going to hear it from one side. And if you hear it from one side, it's not permissible for you to give a warning. So it's not permissible for us to delve into. Like in issues of tawheed, issues of salah, zakah, fasting. If you know the ruling, then alhamdulillah, tell the people that ruling. And Allah Jalla wa'ala will grant you blessings. يقول الشيخ العلامة عبد الرحمن بن قاسم رحمه الله في حاشيته على كتاب التوحيد. He mentions from this great sheikh, Abd al-Rahman ibn Qasim رحمه الله, in his explanation of kitab al-Tawheed, he mentions with regards to da'wah, وَلَا بُدَّ لِلْدَعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى مِنْ شَرْدَيْنَ And it is incumbent to have two conditions when calling to the way of Allah Jalla wa'ala. أَنْ تَكُونَ خَالِسَةٍ لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ That it has to be sincerely for Allah's sake. Why is he mentioning this? Because he's already told us that we have to call to the way of Allah, right? Now he is telling us how to call to the way of Allah. He's already told us one way of calling to the way of Allah, which is call to the way of Allah in that which you know. The second thing that he's telling us is yes, call to the way of Allah, but ala ikhlas, upon sincerity. Meaning that you call to the way of Allah to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the way that you're calling, it has to be according to the way of the Prophet. How the Prophet called to the way of Allah, that's how you call to the way of Allah. وَأَنْ يَكُونَ الدَّاعِي عَارِفٍ بِمَا يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ And the da'i, the caller, has to know what he's calling to. What did the first, what's the first, first thing that he said? Ikhlas. The second, mutaba. Ikhlas meaning you have to do it for Allah's sake. 
Secondly, al-mutaba, you have to do it according to the way of the Prophet sallallahu How the Prophet called to Allah, then you call to Allah, which he's going to elaborate on that. Naam. Then the third is that you have to have knowledge of what you're calling to. You have to have knowledge of what you're calling to. So you can't just say, I'm sincere and I'm going to start calling to everyone. No, you have to know that it has to be according to the sunnah and you have to have knowledge. And this is the problem with some jama'at where they go out to a different location, stay there for X amount of days and they say we're giving da'wah. But they don't have knowledge to give da'wah. And that is haram because that is taqawwul ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You're lying about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. طيب, so the shaykh says, rahimahullah, <coughs> فَإِنْ أَخَلَّ بِالْأَوَّلِ If the first condition is not met, كَانَ مُشْرِكًا And he is a mushrik. He has committed shirk. Because what is the opposite to ikhlas? Shirk. If you're not doing it for Allah's sake, then you're doing it for someone else other than Allah Jalla wa'ala. وَإِنْ أَخَلَّ بِالثَّانِ And if the person doesn't meet the second requirement, كَانَ مُبْتَدِعًا Then he is an innovator. And the second is what? Has to be according to the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Taha Kalamu. وَانْتِلَاقًا مِنَ الشَّقْدِ الثَّانِ And based upon the second condition, الَّذِي ذَكَرَهُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ The Sheikh mentioned, قُلْنَا إِنَّ وَسَائِلَ الدَّعْوَةِ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْقِيفِيَّةِ This is extremely important. The Sheikh says, وَسَائِلُ الدَّعْوَةِ The وَسَائِلْ The ways in which you call to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala are something known as Tawqifiyah means you can only derive them from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So the way that you call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be the way that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا يستحدث فيها شيء لم يكن عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم We do not introduce, we cannot introduce something that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not do. And because of that, ولذلك اشتد النكير سلفي على أهل السماعي على أهل السماع الذي كان يفعله الصوفية ولو كان هذا السماع مجرد من الآلات المحرمة كآلات الله ونحوها ولو كان هذا السماع نافعا لتليين القلوب لتليين القلوب لأنه لم يأتي به له شاهد في الكتاب ولا في السنة ولا في فعل السلف الشيخ سيد رحمه الله based on that based on what بوسائل دعوة أحسنت وسائل دعوة بتوقيفية meaning the ways that you call to Allah have to be tawqifiyah. They are tawqifiyah. Tawqifiyah means we can only take them from the Quran and the Sunnah. So if, if I say to you, for example, al-ibadatu tawqifiyah, worship is tawqifiyah. What does that mean? I can only derive worship from the Quran and the Sunnah. I cannot now say, subhanAllah, I'm very energetic, energetic these days. I'm going to pray seven times a day. Five times a day is for the normal folks. But me, because I've got, my energy is super high, and my iman is super high, I'm going to pray seven times a day. You can't say that. That's with ibadah. The shaykh is saying now, with da'wah ilallah, that is also tawqifi. Meaning you can only call to the way of Allah, the way that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The opposite to tawqifi is ijtihadi. It is not ijtihadi. Meaning, we can't, everyone cannot come with a way to call to Allah. Listen, I'll call to Allah how I think is fitting, befitting. You call to Allah with whatever way you think is good. Uh, Fulan calls to the way of Allah in that which he believes is good. All roads lead to Rome. No, you can't say all roads lead to Rome. You can't say as long as we are calling to Allah, it doesn't matter how we call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is important. So this is why the Sheikh says, rahimahullah, the Salaf, rahimahumullah, they would refute those people who would have those, 
dhikr ceremonies, remembrance of Allah ceremonies, where they shout about and they say, hu, 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 oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah. These sorts of ceremonies, ceremonies and gatherings, dhikr ceremonies, the Salaf would refute them. The Salaf would say that it was not permissible. Why? Because it is not a way of da'wah that the Prophet ﷺ and the companions did. It is not something that they did. And the qa'idah in that, or the principle is, لَوْ كَانَ خَيْغًا لَسَبَقُونَ إِلَيْهِ Write that down and we shall see it in the 8th one, inshallah, or the ninth principle. لَوْ كَانَ خَيْغًا لَسَبَقُونَ إِلَيْهِ This is a qa'idah that all the Muslims, every Muslim must believe in. لَوْ كَانَ خَيْغًا If there was any goodness in this act, they would have preceded us in it. Who am I referring to? The Prophet وسلم, and the Sahaba and the Salaf al-Salih. There's not a single thing that there was that was beneficial to us except that the Prophet وسلم, taught us. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah. <coughs> then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah. So far, so far we've got what? Wasailu da'wati tawqifiyya. They are tawqifiyya, meaning we can only call to the way of Allah, the way that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam called to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he'll mention, and if, uh, there's no harm if I mention it here, for example, acting. We can't use acting as a way of da'wah, a tamthil. Why can't we use acting as a way of da'wah? No. If it was legislated, the Prophet would have done it. If it was legislated, the Prophet would have done it. There was nothing preventing him from acting out role plays. Lakin, the fact that he did not do it, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, means that it is a bid'ah and it is not legislated to do. So it is wrong what you see some people now saying we're using acting as a form of da'wah. Acting is not a form of da'wah. Acting is a newly introduced matter into the field of da'wah. Since the Prophet ﷺ did not do it, then we can't do it. Another thing, anashid. Using anashid as a way of da'wah to soften our hearts and so on, that is not something that the Prophet ﷺ did. And what proves to you that the Salaf were upon يعني, the haq when they rejected that, <coughs> is that it went from simple anashid to having boy bands. It's true. To have a proper, يعني, there's no difference between the way that music is done in according to the kuffar and the way that these so-called nasheed artists do, where they have a CD, where they have an album, and they have singles coming out, and they have what um, uh, they have a video and so on, and they go to different locations. For example, what they do in these hideous uh, places like light upon light and events that they have over in Excel. Hideous Light upon light Where there's not only Phoenix And forget about all of the other things That are haram about it Like you've got Anashid artists Performing on stage Performing on stage Yeah and can you imagine The messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Doing Anashid Performing on stage Or Abu Bakr Or Umar Or Uthman It's haram Because the Senef did not do it If there was any khayr in it The Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa Would have done it And there are so many harms That come about because of it From those harms Is that people turn away From the Quran Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You will find That they listen to th That their People's hearts They become emotional And they They start to Maybe even they are, uh, Start to cry When they hear these Anashid 
when they hear the kalam of Rabbul Alameen, the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, خلاص, it's like you're talking to a brick wall. That's because they busied the people with these anashid. Also, another form of da'wah or another form of wasila for da'wah and changing is what they use as mudaharat or protest and demonstrations. That is also haram. And if a person is using it as a way of change according to the sharia, then it is a bid'ah way. Then it is a bid'ah. Why? Because the salaf did not do it. Every time you think of something, make the criterion the salaf was salih. Did the salaf do it? Yes, then I will do it. Did the salaf not do it? No. Then I will stay away from it. You say, لو كان خيرا لسبقونا إليه. لو كان خيرا لسبقونا إليه. Then the sheikh says, رحمه الله. ولذلك يقول شيخ الإسلام بن تيمية رحمه الله. He says في مجموع الفتاوى. فأما السماع سماع القاصدين أسفد السماع ذكر سيمينيز القاصدين لصلاح القلوب في الاجتماع على ذلك أسفد ذكر سيمينيز that these people hold in order to rectify the hearts إما نشيد مجرد it is either just نشيد that is just without any music or anything وإما تصفيق or it is with نشيد and clatic clapping of the hands ونحو ذلك and other than that فهو السماع المحدث في الإسلام فهو السماع المحدث في الإسلام then it is a type of ceremony and remembrance that is introduced into Islam it is an innovated thing into Islam فإنه أحدث بعد ذهاب القرون الثلاثة الذين أثنى عليهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث قال خير القرون خير القرون قرن الذي بعثت فيه ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم وقد كرهه نعم. So the Sheikh says رحمه الله. As for those dikr ceremonies, those remembrance ceremonies that they use to close to bring their hearts to lean their hearts to make it soft, whether it's with an ashid only, or whether it's with musical instruments, or whether it's with clapping, then all of that is something which is introduced into Islam. Why is that lacking? If you've got the Arabic version, highlight for إنه أحدث بعد الذهاب ذهاب القرون الثلاثة. He says it is muhdath, it is a bid'ah. Why? Because it was introduced after the ending, after the three generations, after the three righteous generations that the Prophet praised. It was introduced after them. Obviously the Prophet praised him. He said the best of generations are the generation that I am... I was raised with the companions, then those that came after them and those that come after them. وَقَدْ كَرِهُ أَعْيَانُ الْأُمَّةِ And the self of this ummah, they despised it. وَلَمْ يَحْضُرُهُ أَكَابِقُ الْمَشَايِخِ وَلَمْ يَحْضُرُهُ أَكَابِقُ الْمَشَايِخِ And the mashayikh and the imams of the past, they did not enter the, go into these ceremonies. So it was something that they do, that was a, a bid'ah. And now it's obviously developed into different things where now they do headstands and star jumps and so on and they're remembering and they're dancing around and they have different, uh, you know, different ways of doing it, where you find group men, men, dancing around in the masjid, in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The places that are for the remembrance of Allah, the reading of the Qur'an of Allah jalla wa'ala, and the da'wah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they've used it as a dance floor to do whatever they're doing. So look how a bid'ah started with maybe just an ashid, and now it's made grown men do star jumps in the masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إلى أن يقول الشيخ أن الشيخ سيد رحمه في دملي when he was talking about this وبالجملة فعل المؤمن أن يعلم أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لم يترك شيئا لم يترك شيئا يقرب إلى الجنة ولا قد حدث 
الى الجنه الا وقد حدث به ولا شيء يبعد عن النار الا وقد حدث به وان هذا السماع لو كان مصلحه لشرعه الله سبحانه وتعالى لرسوله the sheikh says some very important words that can be taken as a principle he says that there is nothing upon the muslim the believer has to know and understand that the prophet did not leave any stone unturned he did not leave anything that can possibly bring us closer to Allah Jalla wa'ala except that he taught us. The Prophet did not leave anything that can bring us closer to Allah except that he taught us. And he did not leave anything that can distance us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that he mentioned that and he warned us against it. And these sorts of gatherings, if there was any goodness in them, then the Prophet would have told us. Also Allah says اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا This day I've completed my your religion for, I've completed your religion for you I've completed my favor upon you and I've chosen for you Islam as your religion طيب Meaning the religion was complete If the religion was complete then there is nothing that needs to be added into the religion because if something is complete then there's no room for anything to be added. That's why Imam Malik says, Whatever wasn't part of the religion on that day, that this verse was revealed, then it will never be part of the religion. And it brings about a lot of lawazim, or it necessitates a lot of things. By you now saying, I am going to worship Allah in a way that the Prophet did not worship Allah. What does that mean? It means, mashallah, now you've revealed, you've had revelation. Like the individual I said to you earlier on, he has a dua that the Prophet taught him directly 1,400 years later. Or he's claiming that the Prophet taught him 1,400 years later. That's why uh, some of the Salaf would say that if a person is a Sufi, they're going to stupidity. They become very foolish. How a person can believe that, um, that Prophet Sallallahu taught this man a dua is beyond me. But it happens. It happens. Yani they believe in that. The Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, yani in summary, the Shaykh is saying, Rahimahullah, that even if there is some sort of benefit to them, they believe there's a benefit in it, and that their hearts become soft, and they become, mashallah, attentive, and they have humility and khushu'ah, that won't avail them in anything. Because you can't say, I'm going to do this because my heart is, mashallah, my heart becomes, I become a righteous person every time I dance around. Like, you can't say that. You can't say that. You have to say, did the Prophet ﷺ do it? Na'am or la? Yes or no? If he did, وسلم, then do it. Obviously have the delete. If he did not do it, then stay away from it. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Na'am. وفعل هذا نقول and upon that we say يجب أن تكون وسائل دعوة التوقيفية and on that note it is important to say that the وسائل دعوة توقيفية that the ways of da'wah are توقيفية meaning we leave it to the sharia we leave it to how the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the salaf al-salih called to the way of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and we cannot now invent new ways then he says رحمه الله لا يشرع لا يشرع فيها إلا ما كان عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم and then he mentions obviously 
نعم أبلغ نعم in this he says in these words there's the uh, a very good refutation on those من جوز التمثيل في دعوة إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى لأن فيه منفعة there's a refutation in this قاعدة that دعوة is توقيفية there's a refutation in those people that say that we can call to the way of Allah using تمثيل and acting where you act like you're the prophet and I act like I'm the companion and you act like you're Abu Lahab and he acts like he's Abu Jahl why because it is teaching the people So that is batil. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ did not do it. Naam. So al For example, we can't say, guys, let's have different jama'at. I'll have a jama'ah called Sa'idiyya. You have a jama'ah called Muhammadiyya. You have a jama'ah called Hishamiyya. You have a jama'ah called Alawiyya wa kada. And each one calls to what they want. As long as they want good. And that's what happened Because all of these groups that you now hear of They started after there was no Khilafah After the fall of the Khilafah in 1924 That's when they started So they say that all of these different Jama'at They're only working in order to bring Islam together They're only working in order To make sure that Islam is the most high And that people can establish the Khilafah of Islam Like, And that is incorrect Because each and every single one of them has different beliefs And each and every single one of them says that the other one is a kafir. So it's not possible. Now, that's the problem with going back to the Ra'i intellect. What I believe to be correct may be different to what you believe to be correct. And what he believes to be correct and what he believes to be correct. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? If you dispute and differ over something or in something, then return it back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why? Because the Quran is set, the revelation has ended, and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has ended. There's no changing of that. So every time we want to go back to the sharia, we will always find a ruling for everything in the sharia. So how do we rectify Tawheed? How do we rectify the Ummah? It leads us on to Al-Asl Rabi' The Sheikh says Rahimahullah Al-Asl Rabi' The fourth Asl Al-Ihtimamu bi'aqidati salaf Giving importance to the aqidah of the salaf al-salih To the belief of the salaf Ilman wa'amalan wa'ta'aliman Ilman by learning it Wa'amalan and acting upon it Wa'ta'aliman and teaching it That is the fourth Asal of this qa'idah, of this of the usul that the Sheikh is mentioning. And this is exclusive also, like with all the others, to Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Ahlu Sunnati wal Jama'ah, or As Salafiyun, as we shall see all of the different names, they're the only ones that call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon correcting the aqidah of the Muslims. Nobody else does that. Some of these jama'at, they concentrate on how they can change the ruler. Some of them concentrate on how they can kill every single person in this room. Some of them concentrate on how they can do dawa for 40 days, 3 months, 4 months, whatever it may be. And go everywhere around the world. Every single one of them concentrates on a different aspect. Lacking the only people that concentrate on tawheed are ahl sunnah wal jama'ah because they get their sunnah they get their religion from the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu 
when the Prophet ﷺ came to the people of Mecca, what did he do? Did he tell them, guys, stop cheating each other, stop robbing one another, stop burying your daughters, be kind to one another, smile to each other? Did he do that? Of course not. Ya qawm, qulu la ilaha illallah tufluhu. Oh people, say la ilaha illallah, you will be successful. Allah ma lakum min ilahin ghayru. That's what he said to them. Worship Allah, you do not have any other gods that you should be worshipping but Allah Jalla wa'ala. That's what he said to them. And they understood the message. Whether they agree or not, you have to give them that bit. They understood that la ilaha illallah meant that they could not worship their idols. That's why they rejected the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and his call. <coughs> so like he called to the Prophet like the Prophet called to the Tawheed of Allah in order to rectify not only the Arabian Peninsula but humanity, then that is how we call to uh, Allah Jalla wa'ala. The Shaykh says, So that's the first qaida. That's the asl, the, the fourth asl, that we call to the tawheed of Allah and we learn it, we teach it, and we practice it. Is that understood? Based on that, the Shaykh says, so it is I say this with extreme sadness, he says, that nowadays we hear in recent times people totally disregarding and actually warning against Aqeedah and distancing it from the place of giving da'wah and distancing it from that which is important. And some jama'at, some jama'at, some parties and groups, we will find that they consider the issues to do with aqidah to be a side issue. That is not even important. It is a side issue. بَلْ مِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولْ Rather from them we find those that say مَنْ لَذِي يَطِيغُنَا إِنْ أَثْبَتْنَا لِلَّهِ يَدًا أَوْ لَمْ نُثْبِتْ They will say, Yaqi, this aqidah that you keep busy yourself with, what difference does it make? If we say Allah has a hand, if we say Allah doesn't make have a hand, what is the difference? Yani, what, what, how does it change our day-to-day lives? Will it make us any richer? Will it bring the ummah together? No, will I? They say, will it bring the ummah together? No, it won't bring the ummah together. Therefore, leave all of these things. Allah has hands. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes down to the lowest heaven, the third of every night. And so on. leave all of these things alone because they won't bring us any closer together. That's what they say. That's why when you go jama'at al-tabliq, Allah, don't talk about this stuff. That's what they say to you. Don't talk about this stuff. So that's what the shaykh is saying. We've reached an extent where people are saying, what's affirm for Allah or not affirm for Allah? Even though Allah Jalla wa'ala affirms for himself, and the Prophet Sallallahu affirms for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala these attributes. So it shows the ignorance that they have of Tawheed. And it shows that they don't give importance to Tawheed. And if they did give importance to Tawheed, then they would do as the Prophet Sallallahu So for example, Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he started his da'wah off by getting rid of all idols and shrines and tombs. And destroying them Their da'wah starts off by saying Guys leave the clubs alone you know, Be nice to one another Be kind And yaqeen and iman You know we have to believe in Allah Things that everyone believes in Lakin they did, they did not And they do not concentrate on the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That's why they can go years, years, years Without 
establishing anything. Nor have they got a dawla, a government, nor have they rectified the aqidah of people. طيب. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, وَهَذِهِ مِنَ الْمَصَائِبِ وَالطَّامَاتِ وَمِنَ الْمَعْلُومِ عِنْدَ الْجَمِيعِ مَا لِعَقِيدَةِ التَّوْحِيدِ مِنْ مَنْزِلَةٍ كُبْرَى فِي الشَّرْعِ And it is from the greatest calamities that someone can even say that. What's the point of affirming names and attributes? All of this society issues. Leave it alone. Let's get to the real deal. Let's get to the real issues. The Sheikh says that is from the greatest calamities because we know that the Sharia of Allah has given great importance to the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he's going to mention some of the things that show the importance of Tawheed. First and foremost, أَلَا وَهِيَ عُبُودِيَةُ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ مَا أُغِيدُ مِنْهُمْ رِزْقٌ وَمَا أُغِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ So the first thing that the Sharia has, يعني, or the first importance of Tawheed that the Sharia has clarified is the fact that we were created for the worship of Allah. So how can now someone turn around, how can someone turn around now and say, Tawheed is not important, why do you keep going Tawheed, Tawheed, Tawheed? Ya, we've been created for that. That is the reason for our existence. We and the jinn are here because of the tawheed of Allah. Because we are servants of Allah who need to worship Him. And that is tawheed. And tawheed is connected to aqeedah. Wallah subhanahu wa ta'ala lam yursil rusula wa lam yunzil al-kutuba illa li ajli tahqiq tawheed. And Allah did not, the second thing that shows the importance of tawheed is that Allah did not reveal the books. And send the messengers except to establish Tawheed. How many is that? Three. We were created for the Tawheed of Allah. The books were sent down because of the Tawheed of Allah. And the messengers were sent because of the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَدَّعْوَةِ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِ كَمَا قَالَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى يُنَزِّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ بِرُوحِ مِنْ أَمْرِهِ عَلَى مَا يَشَاءُ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ أَنْ أَنْذِرُوا أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَ Tells us that he sends down with these these the, the angels the revelation that Allah Jalla commands with that, and he sends that down to whom he wants from his servants. And what are they saying? That they are warning the people and calling them to La ilaha illallah. They are calling them to <coughs> the Tawheed of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And also, كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا أَنَا فَاعْبُدُونَ وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنَعْبُدُ اللَّهُ وَجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ So the Shaykh is saying, رحمه الله, that every messenger was sent with the call of Tawheed. If it wasn't important, why would the Prophet, why would the Prophet be sent from, from Rabbul Alameen, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why would the revelation be given to Jibreel to tell to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Why would there be jihad legislated? Why would these great ibadat be legislated if it wasn't for the importance of tawheed of the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Then the Sheikh says, Qur'an The fourth thing that shows the importance of tawheed is the fact that the very first command in the Quran, when you go start from Fatiha to Baqarah. Is the verse of Allah, O oh, you people, O oh, people, worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worship your Lord, that created you, the one that created you and those that came before you. Is that not the tawheed of Allah? That is the first command that is found in the Quran when you start from the Fatiha. 
وأول ما تستفتح به رسل دعوة أقوامهم قولهم كما حكى الله سبحانه وتعالى عنهم يا قوم اعبدوا الله ما لكم من إله غيره Not only the sending of messengers but even when these messengers are sent the very first thing they call to is what? Oh my people ya qawm ibudullaha worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ma lakum min ilahin ghayru you do not have any lords that you should be worshiping any gods but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you should truly be worshiping <coughs> not only were they sent because of that but the very first thing they called to was that then he says when nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam makata 23 sana yad'u ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he spent three, 23 years calling to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala minha 13 sana fi makkah he spent 13 years in makkah 10 sanina minha yuqarribu tawhid in the first 10 years of the prophethood he would be calling to the tawhid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what is the sheikh referring to salah was made wajib in about the 10th year of hijrah that's when isra wal mi'raj took place roughly but for the first 10 years, the Prophet ﷺ concentrated on establishing the Iman of the people, establishing the Tawheed of Allah in their hearts. The Prophet did not say, Ya Allah, I've been doing it for two years, khalas. Ya Allah, I've been doing it for five years, khalas. Ya Allah, I've been doing it for eight, nine years, ten years, twelve years, khalas. La. The Messenger ﷺ continued to call to the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yad'u ilayhi wa yuhagibu shirk. He would call to it and he would wage war against shirk. Wa yuhadhigu minhu and he would warn against it. Wa baqi hayatihi and the rest of his life he spent fi tathbiti aqeedati tawheed wa tagsikhiha. He spent calling to the tawheed of Allah, embedding it and instilling it in the hearts of the believers. Wa fi bayani al-ahkam shari'iyya and also in clarifying all of the other things in the, the rulings of the Sharia. So note that the Prophet ﷺ did not stop calling to Tawheed. Even on his grave, even on his deathbed, he was saying, Curse be upon the Jews and the Christians. They built masajid, they built masajid upon the graves of their prophets. Is that not the call to Tawheed? From the beginning of the call of the Prophet ﷺ to the end, he was calling to Tawheed. طيب الشيخ سيز كل هذا يدل دلالة واضحة على وجوب الاهتمام بأمور العقيدة تعلم وتعليم وعمل ودعوة وذلك لأن العقيدة إذا سلمت من شوائب فصاحبها من أهل الجنة لا محالة الشيخ سيز رحمه الله All of these things How many things? Four or five things that he has mentioned All of these things show the importance of the tawheed of Allah سبحانه وتعالى And the عقيدة Giving importance to the عقيدة of the Muslim and the aqidah is what differentiates us from the kuffar. So he says that if that tawheed, if that aqidah is free from any misguidance and defects and deficiencies, then فَصَاحِبُهَا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ لَا مَحَالَ Then the person of tawheed will be from the people of jannah لَا مَحَالَ In any case. طيب. ولو كان مرتكبا للكبائر even if he was a person that would commit major sins فإن أصحاب الكبائر إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى why because even those people that die upon major sins they're under the will of Allah سبحانه وتعالى إن شاء عذبهم ثم أدخلهم الجنة بتوحيدهم if Allah جل وعلا wills he may punish them in the fire to purify them and then enter them into Jannah due to their توحيد وقيل ذلك بفضل الله وقبل ذلك بفضل الله وكرمه وسبحانه وتعالى وإن شاء عفى عنهم أن يفعل الله جل وعلا ويوز الله ما يفقف ذم جوت ذا توحيد 
فهي وايم الله النجاه والعصمه فوالله ذات از سكسس اند سيفتي ذات از سكسس اند سيفتي سو ذا شيخ از سين تو اس اوسو انذر ثينج ذات شوز يو ذا امبورتنس اوف توحيد نمبر 6 از ذات اف ا بيرسون دايز ابون ذا توحيد اوف الله هي لويز اند اب ان ذا جنه اوف الله نو ماتر وات ريمبر ان ذا توحيد كلاس وي ستاديد دخول الاولي اند دخول مالي الدخول a person may enter into Jannah immediately Allah Jalla wa'ala may forgive him and Allah Jalla wa'ala may allow him to enter into Jannah immediately or Allah Jalla wa'ala may punish him for his shortcomings and his sins and then because of that because of his Tawheed he comes out of the fire so from the importance of Tawheed is that it is a reason for you to enter into Jannah so because of all of these things it shows the importance Uh, showing the importance of Al-Aqeedah Then the Sheikh mentions Rahimahullah Some of the virtues of Tawheed Some of the virtues of Tawheed And many of you have studied it In the class of Tawheed From that is that the person Won't remain in the fire for eternity From that is that If a person comes with Tawheed Then Allah Jalla wa'ala May actually forgive him in totality Even though all their shortcomings <coughs> From the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is safety and security in the dunya And guidance in the dunya where Allah Jalla wa'ala says الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِيمَانُهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ أُولَئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ Allah says those that have iman and don't mix their iman and their tawheed with shirk oppression meaning shirk then for them is الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُهْتَدُونَ for them is safety and security in the dunya and the hereafter and for them is guidance in the dunya and in the hereafter so that is from the uh, benefits of tawheed also from the virtues and the benefits of tawheed is that If a person dies upon the Tawheed of Allah, they will attain, <coughs> they will attain the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked about uh, asked uh, with regards to the Shafa'ah, and he said, "Man qala la ilaha illallah khalisan min qalbi." The Prophet said that 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 is the person who will get the Shafa'ah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That's the person that says, "La ilaha illallah" sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa taala. طيب آه نعم then the sheikh says رحمه الله فالواجب على الدعاة إلى على الدعاة إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى and what is واجب upon those people that call to the توحيد the way of Allah سبحانه وتعالى أن يعتنوا بأمر التوحيد that they give importance to the affair of توحيد وأن يهتموا به and that they give it extreme importance وإن مما يؤلم القلب أن تنبت نابتة تقول لما هذا الاهتمام بهذا التوحيد It's extremely sad. He repeats something that he said before. It's sad that we find people saying, What, what's all the importance? Of, what is it with Tawheed? What's all the importance to giving Tawheed? Some of them say, We can learn Tawheed in 10 minutes. Some of them say, Some of them say, Why, why don't you concentrate on the affairs of the Muslims? So sometimes we give that when you say, Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will say, Like in Masjid Aqsa is occupied by the Jews. Ya I'm talking to you about the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And you're talking to me about Masjid Al-Aqsa Or they will say our Muslims Our brothers have been tortured in this place And in that place and that place So they will say you're not giving importance To the affairs of the Muslims The Quran was burnt recently And you're now talking about Tawheed We need to go to the embassy And demonstrate That's what they will say to you فَالْمُسْلِمُونَ يُقْتَلُونَ يَمِينَ وَالشِّمَالَ Muslims have been killed left, right, center وَنَّحْنُ نَدْعُ إِلَى هَدْمِ الْقُبَابِ So you, they will say to you, you people are backwards. 
Muslims have been killed left, right, center. Quran is being burnt. They're making films about the Prophet And here you are telling us to destroy shrines and destroy graves. Right? And you're telling us that we should destroy the mosques, get rid of the mosques that have been built upon graves. You're backwards because of that. So they will say to you, Muslims are being killed, Muslims are going through these problems, and all you can care about is graves. What is your issue and your fetish with these graves, they will say to you? Like, there isn't an issue with us in the graves. Lacking, the issue is when the graves have been worshipped, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the problem when people don't give importance to Tawheed, they will leave all of the graves and the shrines that have been worshipped besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they will say, we need to rectify the ummah. How can you rectify the ummah when you've left them with aqidah that is faulty, diluted with idol worshipping? Right. And the person who says that either forgets, has forgotten or intentionally forgets the statement of Ibrahim. So he said, Ibrahim alayhi salam, and you know who Ibrahim was, the imam of the Hunafa. The one that destroyed the idols of his hands. The Prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one that was thrown into the fire because of his aqeedah. Yet he said to Allah, Oh Allah, distance me and my children, offspring, from worshipping the idols. Ibrahim himself is making dua to Allah that he frees him from falling into shirk. فَإِذَا كَانَ خَلِيلُ إِمَامُ الْحُنَفَاءِ الَّذِي جَعَلَ اللَّهُ مَتًا وَاحِدًا وَقَالَ عَنْهُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الَّذِي وَفَّى وَأَمَرَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ يَتَّبِعَهُ He mentions few of the virtues of Ibrahim. If he is scared of falling into shirk, then who are we? That's why Ibrahim attained one of the salaf. <coughs> he says, وَمَنْ يَأْمَنُ الْبَلَاءَ بَعْدَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ Who is free from trials and tribulations and falling into shirk who can say I'm free from it I won't fall into it who is safe from it after Ibrahim Ibrahim himself did not think he was safe from it وَيَقُولُ شَيْخُ مُحَمَّدْ الرُّحَابِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ فِي حَدِيثَ بِسْعِيدٍ الْقُدَرِ قَالَ يَا مُوسَى يَا رَبْ عَلِّمْنِي شَيْءٍ أَذْكُرُكَ وَأَدْعُوكَ بِهِ قَالَ يَا مُوسَى قُلْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَى اللَّهِ He mentions the hadith that Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in which uh, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri mentioned that Musa said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, teach me something that I can make, that I can remember you with and make dua to you through. And he said, Say la ilaha illallah. Say la ilaha illallah. Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, he says, and we mentioned, we took in the Masail, that even the Anbiya of Allah are in, remembrance, are in need of being reminded of the virtue of the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is a benefit that the Shaykh derived from this Masala or this Hadith. So what is the fourth asal of Ahlul Sunnah, the Da'u Salafiyya? The importance of calling to the Aqeedah, rectifying the Aqeedah. طيب. So someone can't say, listen, Muslims have been killed and you're saying that we can't celebrate the birthday of the Prophet We're only doing good and so on. Anyone that says that hasn't understood the importance of Aqeedah. Because Aqeedah is our religion and we can only take our religion from the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Our religion is not based on emotions. It is not based on experiences. It is not based on trial and error. It is based upon Qala Allah wa Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
الأصل الخامس الاهتمام بالسنة النبوية والحرص على العمل بها والدعوة إلى ذلك He mentions three things Giving importance to the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And being diligent in applying it والدعوة إلى ذلك And calling to that Calling to what? The sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So he says rahimahullah so the asal is what? Giving importance to the sunnah of the Prophet Acting upon it and calling to it He says the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, the most important thing that the Muslim can give, or the most befitting thing that the Muslim can give importance to, is acting upon the Sunnah of the Prophet and making sure that he embodies that in his day to day life as much as he or she can. Because that is the objective of every Muslim and the target of every Muslim so that they can attain guidance, that guidance that will gain, that allow them to enter into the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِن تُضِعُوهُ تَهْتَدُوا And if you obey him, you will be guided. If you obey him, you will be guided. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَاتَّبِعُوهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ And follow him, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So that you will be guided. So if you follow the Prophet وسلم, you will be guided. Because Allah Jalla wa'ala says so. The opposite understanding is if you don't follow the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, that's called mufhum khalifa. The opposite understanding is if you don't follow the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, you will be misguided. Also Allah Jalla wa Ala says لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهُ الْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ And Allah Jalla wa Ala says Verily in the Prophet وسلم, there's a good role model, a good example. For the person that fears, hopes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the last day. Meaning every single believer who believes in Allah jalla wa ala, who hopes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believes and yearns for the last day, they should follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَهَذِهِ الْأُسْوَةُ إِنَّمَا يَسْلُكُهَا وَيُوَفَّقُ لَهَا مَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهُ الْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ فَإِنَّمَا مَعَهُ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ وَخَوْفِ اللَّهِ وَرَجَاءِ ثَوَابِ so the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, the only people that will actually implement the Sunnah of the Prophet are those people who truly have been given the tawfiq, those who hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who hope in the day of judgment, the Yawm al-Qiyamah, those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who fear the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are the ones that follow the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam truly. They are the ones that truly follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, وَلِذَلِكَ وَلِذَا كَانَ سَلَفُ السَّابِقُونَ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ سَابِقُونَ مِنَ التَّابِعِينَ رَحِمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِمْ يَجْعَلُونَ الْمِعْيَاغَ الَّذِي يُؤْخَذُ بِهِ عَنِ رَجُلِ الْعِلْمِ هُوَ تَمَسُّكُهُ بِالسُنَّةِ كَمَا قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ النَّخَعِ كَانُوا إِذَا أَتَوْا أَرَجُلَ لِيَأْخُذُ عَنْهُ الْعِلْمِ نَظَرُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِهِ وَإِلَى سُنَّتِهِ وَإِلَى هَيْئَتِهِ ثُمَّ يَأْخُذُونَ عَنْهُ And because of that the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, because of the importance of implementing the Sunnah of the Prophet the Salaf, they would give great importance to the person that they would take knowledge from. And the mi'yar or the criteria would be how he implements the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. They would look at his salah, they would look at his sunnah, the sunnah that he applies, his character, 
And if it was in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Then they would take knowledge from him Then they would take knowledge from him So the Salaf, Ahlul Sunnah Another mas'ala They don't differentiate between the ahadith of the Prophet Sallallahu So you need to write that down Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah They do not differentiate between the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu And they do not say that this is mutawatir and this is ahad. Meaning they do not say this is mutawatir and he has come through many chains of narration so we can apply it and believe in it in aqidah. But this is ahad, it has only been given to us through one or two chains of narration or three chains of narration. Therefore, for aqidah, we can't apply this. That's what Ahlul Bid'ah say. Lakin Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, those people that truly follow the Sunnah of the Prophet, they glorify the whole of the Sunnah. Their main concern is the authenticity of the hadith. If the hadith is Sahih, authentic, they act upon it. If it is not authentic, then they don't act upon it. Lakin, they don't accept it and they don't reject it. Based on who has narrated it, are there many narrators or is there one narrator? And that is another difference between Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah and Ahlul Bid'ah. For they will say we don't apply the Hadith Ahad. And I believe we studied that in the introduction of Akbi'in al-Nawawi. طيب. Uh, then we call Ahadul Ulama and some of the scholars, one of the scholars said, Inna min alamatil muhibbilillahi from the signs that a person loves Allah, mutaba'atu habibillah. That they follow the Prophet wasallam, The one that Allah loves Which is the Prophet They follow him in fi akhlaqihi In his, in his character وأفعاله, And his inaction, in his action وأوامره, And his commands وسنته, And his sunnah in totality And that is derived from the verse of Allah جَلَّ وَعَلَى قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this verse Say if you truly love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is called ayat to imtihan As Hassan al-Basri said He says They were a group of people that claimed to love the Prophet And then Allah jalla wa ala says Verily if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Then follow me If you truly love Allah jalla wa ala <coughs> then follow the sunnah of the Prophet Then in return as a reward Allah will love you and forgive you So if a person claims to love the Prophet And love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They need to make sure that they follow the what? The sunnah of the Prophet That's why it is sufficient for us to say that those people that claim to celebrate that celebrate the birth of the Prophet وسلم, they don't truly love the Prophet because if they truly loved the Prophet وسلم, what would they do? They would follow him. They wouldn't come up with newly invented matters, things that were introduced after the fourth, fourth century or the fifth century. That's why the poet said, if your obedience, if your love for him was sincere, then you would have obeyed him. So anyone that celebrates the birth of the Prophet وسلم, doesn't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the Messenger. وسلم, the correct loving. They may think they love the Prophet. وسلم, 
even if the Sufis cry when they say Sayyiduna Muhammadun Habibuna Kadak Kalam Fadi, it doesn't make any, it doesn't benefit them in the least. Because everyone can claim. Like in what makes my our claim, Ahlul Sunnah, what makes their claim different to the claim of the Sufiya that claims to love the Prophet? Action and ittiba. Following the Sunnah of the Prophet. And it is so easy to implement. Why is it easy? Because you say, I love the Prophet. You love the Prophet. Yes, I love the Prophet. You want to celebrate his birthday? Yes, I want to celebrate his birthday. Did the Prophet celebrate his birthday? No. Then khalas. End of story. The aqeedah of the Muslim is very easy. You know that. The aqeedah of the Muslim is very easy to understand. That's why it goes in accordance with our fitrah. Our natural state. If the Prophet did not do it, وسلم, then don't do it. Did Abu Bakr do it? Umar, Uthman, Ali, all of the companions? No, they did not do it. Did ta- Tabi'un do it? No. Tabi'in, those that came after the Tabi'in, did they do it? No. And what was the Qa'idah that you learned earlier on? If there was any good in it, they would have preceded us in it. But by saying you are going to celebrate the birthday of the Prophet ﷺ that was introduced after the after the 400 years of the Prophet ﷺ, you're saying that a person came after 400 years of the Prophet's hijrah and said, now I've got this. Muhammad missed that out. That's literally what they're saying. Lisanu halihim, that's what they're saying. Ya khwani, Muhammad missed this out. Now I've got this, that Muhammad missed out. Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman, they didn't know. But Allah chose me. That's what they're saying. And that is batil. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, that if their love was truthful, they would follow the Sunnah of the Prophet. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, Falakatawatakatin Nususu min Kitabi was Sunnati wa Akwali Sahabit with Tabirin ala Tarib il Amali bin Hadithi bis Sunnati wa Hathi ala Tamasuki biha. There are many ahadith from the verses from the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet and the statements of the Sahaba which encourage us to follow the Sunnah of the Prophet. Women Ashar al Ahadith and from the most famous ahadith is the Hadith of the Prophet. Where they said, وَعَدَنَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ The Prophet advised us, and it was, seemed like a farewell advice or sermon. And we and the Prophet said, I have left upon you something which it's late, it's night, something clear. It's light, it's night, it's like it's day. And no one will be misguided except a person who is destroyed. And whomsoever lives long. So this is an advice from the Prophet. So let's say now, there's a lot of differing in the Ummah, right? Imagine you're hearing the words of the Prophet. Because when you hear a hadith, and it is authentic, what does that mean? The words of the Prophet. So imagine you can hear the Prophet wasallam because these are his words. So he says to you, he says to you, I have left something that is clear. And you will see much differing. And whoever sees a lot of differing, what should I do, Ya Rasulullah? فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ Upon you is my sunnah. And the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa after me. Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman and Ali. Radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Hold on to it with your molar teeth. That's literally the hadith of the Prophet So where he says, alaykum Hold on to the sunnati meaning hold on to my path. And what is the path of the Prophet? 
that which is found in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu whether it's an ibadah, whether it's a belief, whether it's his character, wherever it may be, you act upon it because it is because it is found in the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Prophet already said to you, follow my Sunnah. So by you doing something that he did not do, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you're saying, Ya Rasulullah, your Sunnah is good, but my Sunnah is also good. Then the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, he mentions some of the statements of the Salaf, Rahimahullah, Rahimahullah, Uwa bin Zubayr, where he says, Asunan, Asunan, for in Asunan, Qiwamuddin, hold on to the Sunnah, hold on to the Sunnah, for verily the foundation of the Deen is the Sunnah. A ilzamu Sunnah, hold on to the Sunnah of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Abdullah ibn Umar, radiallahu anhu, he would follow the Prophet, Sunnah of the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would do everything that he did. Everything that he did, even where he prayed in, even when he was on a journey, he would do exactly the same. طيب. Also from the statements of the Salaf is the statement of Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah, where he said, al-Muslimuna, the Muslims have consensus upon the fact that ala anna man stabanat lahu sunnatu min sunnati Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa whoever clearly knows of a sunnah from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, lam yahilla lahu it is not permissible for him to leave it for the statement of anyone. That is Imam al-Shafi'i telling us that all of the Ummah were upon this. That's why these great Imams, every one of them would say, If the hadith is authentic, then that is my madhab. They would say, if my hadith, if my statement, my opinion goes against the hadith, throw my one against the wall. Why? Because they knew that the sunnah was above everything else and everyone else. Compare that to people today. You say to them, the Prophet said, they say, yeah, but Sheikh Fulan said, Imam Fulan said, or look what the people are doing. You're telling them, Qala Allah, and they're saying, look what the people are doing. If the celebrating of the Mawlid was haram, then the whole Ummah wouldn't be doing it. It's just you, Wahhabiyah, that have an issue against it. That's what they would say to you. Taib. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, or oh, from that naam. Taib, another story, Imam Malik, Rahimahullah, just to show the, how the Salaf gave importance to the Sunnah. Imam Malik, Rahimahullah, used to teach in the Prophet's Masjid, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Rahimahullah. A man came to him and he said, Where shall I put my ihram on? When he started Umrah, where shall I put my ihram on? And you all know that the miqat, the place that the hujjaj or those that are performing Umrah, the place that they go to is called Dhul Hulayfa for the people of Medina. That's their point of starting the Haram. So Imam said to him, Go there, Dhul Hulayfa. And he said, Lakin, I want to do it from the Qabr of the Prophet. The grave of the Prophet, the Prophet's there, it's a noble masjid, and so on and so forth. And he said, Aksha alayk al fitna. I fear that you will fall into a fitna. The man said, What are you talking about? What fitna? It's only a few miles. From the Hulayfa to the Prophet's Masjid, it's a few miles. There's only a few miles that I increase. And then he says, I fear the fitna that Allah Jalla said about. Where's the Mahal let those who oppose the Sunnah of the Prophet oppose his command, let them be warned that a great punishment or great fitna may come to them. And what fitna is greater than 
thinking that you have a guidance that missed the Prophet The Sunnah is so easy. Yeah, the Prophet said, do, do, go to the Hanifa to do your haram. Khalas, just do it. If he was alive, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if the Prophet sallallahu was alive, would you say to him, Ya Rasulullah, that's nice, but let me just do it over here. Of course you wouldn't. And that's the difference between us. <laughs> that's the difference between us and the companions. The companions would never ever reply back to the Prophet ﷺ. To the extent that if the Prophet asked them a question, even if they knew what it was, they would say, Allahu Alam. Allahu Rasulullah. He would say, What day is it today? If I said to you, What day is it today? You say, It's a Sunday, isn't it? Like in, when they would say that to the Prophet sallallahu To the extent that sometimes they wouldn't correct him in salah for fear They would say Allahu Why? That is why the companions are the companions They followed the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu to the teeth <coughs> Also, the great imam of the tabi'een, Sa'id ibn Musayyib rahimahullah ta'ala He saw a man praying after fajr or after Asr, one of the two, the prohibited times. And he said to him, don't pray there, don't pray. He prohibited him from doing so. And the man said, is Allah going to punish me for a salah that I'm doing? It's only salah. We prayed Asr, sah. If one of us says, mashallah, I've got energy, I'm going to pray two rakat, we say to him, don't pray rakat. Sit down, listen to the lesson. And he says, yeah, but I've studied this book 10 times. Let me just pray two rakat. We say to him, let's study. Sit down. He, he's going to say, what? It's only two rakat. Is Allah going to punish me? Why are you preventing me from salah? He said that to Sa'id Musayis. And he said, La, Allah is not going to punish me, punish you for your salah. He's going to punish you for opposing the sunnah of the Prophet Going against the sunnah of the Prophet so they can't say, we're only saying we love the Prophet and we're reading out nice poetry, we're praising him. That's not the issue here. Do what you want to do. Praise him how you want to praise him. The issue is the fact that he did not do this. Then the Shaykh says, وَيَقُولُ إِمَامُ الزُّحْرِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ كَانَ مَنْ مَضَى مِنْ عُلَمَائِنَا يَقُولَ الْإِعْتِسَامُ بِسُنَّةِ النَّجَاءِ those that preceded us, Imam Zuhr was from the Tabi'een, meaning the Sahaba and so on. They would say to him, or they would say, <coughs> that holding on to the Sunnah of the Prophet was safety. Now it was Najat, that was safety. And then the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, mentions a few important, a few benefits from holding on to the Prophet's Sunnah and the fact that it would bring a person closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, then the Sheikh says towards the end The Salaf they would be harsh towards the people that would lead, leave some of the Sunan Some of the acts that are Sunnah They would be, blame those people that would leave the Sunnah, the Prophet in totality So they would blame those people that would leave the Prophet or the Sunnah of the Prophet and say to them you have you come under the command of the Prophet or the word of the Prophet whoever leaves off my Sunnah then he is not from me meaning if even if a person that's why Imam Ahmad said whoever leaves off the witig he's, he's an evil wicked person 
The witness, the testimony of that person is not to be accepted. Sahih is true. Nowadays that might be different. These are from the ahkam, the rulings that vary from time to time. So during their time, the one that did not pray witig was considered a fasiq. Because the, the minimum would be that they would pray probably 20 rak'at at night. That was probably the minimum. If you pray 20 rak'at, they would consider you, well, he's all right, he's not bad. Right? So that's why witig was such a big deal to them. And to the extent that they would say, if a person doesn't pray witig, then he can't even be a witness in a court of law. Because he's not trustworthy. He's, all cl- he's close to being a fasiq to them. Someone who's disobedient. Like to us, the one that doesn't pray witig is Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. Witig is one of those things. So it changes from time to time. Like in the intent is, or the objective of mentioning this, the Shaykh is mentioning is how the Salaf gave great importance to the Sunnah of the Prophet. So never say it's only a Sunnah. Like you do it because it's a Sunnah. The Sahaba, they would do things because it is a Sunnah. We leave things off because it is a Sunnah. Two different sides of the spectrum. For كل ما ثبت من سنة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم everything that is affirmed from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم نسعى سعيا شديدا لتطبيقه وتعليمه للناس we strive we strive uh, in implementing it and in teaching it to the people لعل الله سبحانه وتعالى يهبنا أجر من أحيا السنن it may be that Allah جل وعلا gives us the reward of who those who revive the sunan الأصل السادس the sixth principle or the sixth foundation of Da'u Salafi, Al-Iqtibatul Wathiq, Al-Iqtibatul Wathiq bi'ulama'i sunnah. Holding on to, and connecting yourselves and ourselves, and having that connection with the scholars of the sunnah. With the scholars of the sunnah. <coughs> Why the scholars of the sunnah? Because the Prophet said, Al-Ulama'u waghathatul anbiya. The scholars are the inheritors of the Prophet Also Allah says, Allah elevates those people that have knowledge in ranks. Also Allah says, Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. All of these statements show the importance of following the sunnah, following the scholars and connecting ourselves to them. Ibn Mas'ud said radiyallahu anhu man kana mustannan falyastanna biman qad mat fa inna al-hayya la tu'min alayhi al-fitna whomsoever has passed whomsoever wants to take as a guidance let him take as a guidance those who have passed away for verily the one that is alive you do not know he may fall into fitna lakin the people that are the close, the furthest away from fitna and falling into fitna are the scholars of ahlus sunnah wal jama'ah not the scholars of ahlul bid'ah because the scholars of ahlul bid'ah they fluctuate like the windmill. One minute they're on this aqidah, next minute they're on this aqidah, and next minute they're on that aqidah. Lakin, if you look into the ulama of the sunnah that are known, that are famous, that are yani, known to be upon the sunnah of the Prophet if you go back to even when they were young, and you go back to the aqidah back then, and you go to the aqidah now, it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. It doesn't change. If you look at the books that they offered and the lectures that they delivered when they were young, <coughs> they're saying exactly the same thing when they are in their 80s and in their 90s. 
Why? Because the religion doesn't change. Why should they change? The religion doesn't change. The Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, and also for regards to the benefits of the scholars, Allah, the Prophet said, يَحْمِلُ هَذَا الْعِلْمَ مِنْ كُلِّ خَلَفٍ عُدُولُهُ يَنْفُونَ عَنْهُ تَحْقِيفَ الْغَالِينَ وَانْتِحَالَ الْمُبْطَلِينَ وَالتَّأْوِيلَ الْجَاهِلِينَ The Prophet said that through every generation, the just ones, the udul, the just ones are the ones that are carrying on the sunnah of the Prophet the knowledge. They've removed the distortion of those people that distort the interpretate the Quran or the, or, or the Sunnah. And those that lie and those that interpret the meanings of the Prophet hadith and the verses of Allah in an incorrect way. They remove all of that distortion and they protect the Huras of Sharia as the Shaykh shall say. And note that Yahmilu, the scholars say, is a fi'l mudari. Hamala, he carried. Yahmil, what does it mean? Fi'l mudari, carries on. Meaning it will carry on. It will carry on until Yawm al-Qiyamah. The Sheikh says, لا يخفى على أحد فضل العلماء The virtue of scholars, the scholars are, is not hidden from anyone. والمكانة التي يتبوؤونها في الشريعة الإسلامية And the status that they have in the Sharia. ولكن بعض الناس يخلد بين الحث على الاكتباد بالعلماء وبين تعصب لهم والتقليدهم وهذا خطأ كبير. This is another important message that the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah. طيب, he says, it is extremely important. Obviously, everyone knows the importance of having scholars and connecting ourselves to the scholars. Lakin, some people mix up two things. Connecting ourselves to them and following their advice and so on and blind following them. Uh, blind following them and having ta'asub or hooliganism to them. Being a fanatic supporter of them Even if they might be in the wrong Even if they might have made a mistake And blind following them And that is a big mistake That is a big mistake the Sheikh says rahimahullah. And there's a difference as the Sheikh says The alim We follow him We make dua for him We take his advice And we connect ourselves to him We ask him for fatawa and so on and so forth Lacking, we're connecting ourselves to the knowledge that he carries and not to his personality. We're connecting ourselves to that Shaykh. We're, not, we're connecting ourselves to the knowledge that he's carrying, not to the personality that he has. Because what is the, the, the important thing is that the knowledge that he's carrying, that is the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that shows us how it is wrong to turn da'wah and knowledge into a celebrity culture whereby people don't actually care what you're teaching or the lecture that you're giving or the reminder they'll just say Sheikh Fulan is coming Khalas, as if that's the end of one bio. Sheikh Fulan is coming you have to come because he's coming sometimes the titles are not even written like and that is incorrect Connect the people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's the guidance of the scholars. There was a night, the Sheikh Fawzan hafidahullah, he came to the university. And he was in Kulit al-Shari'ah delivering a lecture. He didn't want to do it. They forced him to do it. It was about his biography. And you can tell the Sheikh was so uncomfortable. He didn't want to talk about himself. And even the things that the questions that they were asking him, he would always connect it to 
a faida of ilm to the extent that they asked him did you get married before when you was in the kulliya or after the kulliya or the ma'ad he didn't say yeah wallahi before the ma'ad and I went this and then my walima was here and this and that he said what's the connection between knowledge and marriage <laughs> that's what he said what is the connection <coughs> so the alim the scholar the student of knowledge you as a da'i as a caller to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't connect the people to your personality because you're going to die خلاص. you're going to tamshi you're going to go like in what remains is the knowledge that you taught them and that is what leads to what the shaykh is saying ta'assub blind following and holding on taqlid saying that uh, if my shaykh said it then it's the haq never can my shaykh be wrong how can he be wrong he's studied X amount of years like and that's from the diseases of these deviant sects that's where it came into the that's where it came into this ummah through the deviant sects whereas Ahlul Sunnah from the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam up until now they connect the people to Qala Allah wa Qala Rasul wa Qala Salaf Salih khalas there's no need to connect yourself to the people also if a alim from the sunnah makes a mistake we don't have ta'assub to him we don't say la he's يعني, fanatism ta'assub and say la he can't be in the wrong la. or you have to follow the sheikh this is another phenomenon that we're going through where people are being forced to follow a specific sheikh not even what he's upon like the sheikh said that khalas, you can't go against and I wouldn't mind if it was in the ranks of the Ikhwan Muslimin and that. Like in, coming into the ranks of the Salafis, that literally contradicts a Salafiyya. Al-Haqqu, according to the Sunnah, is qala law, qala rasul, qala salaf, not qala shaykh. The Sufi are those that have يعني, ta'asub to that shaykh where you can't go against him. If he tells you to do sujood 500 times, you do sujood 500 times. Khalas, you can't go against Like And it's sad to see that according to the Salafis, whereby... Anyone that goes against their sheikh is off the methodology. And you will find, and those brothers that have been in a da'wah uh, for the last 20-30 years, they will testify that the amount of scholars that have been dropped just because they didn't say a certain word are many. It can go into 50 plus scholars. Not because they're mubtadi'ah, simply because they refuse to say a certain statement. If you didn't say what sheikh fulan said, then you are mubtadi'ah. If you didn't say, then we have to warn from you. Is he a mubtada'ah? No, but he's just not with the scholars. When in reality, the scholars means one or two or three. So that is deceit. Like, in how can you be saved from that as a young person? Knowledge. Because that is ighab fikri. That is ideological terrorism. Al-ulama'a The scholars said that. So scholars, is you'd think about 500 of them said it. But in reality, it's two or three. That he has ta'asub for. Like in the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, they're to be respected, they're to be loved, they're to be defended. Like in they themselves don't want to be blind followed. And the only way you can get out of that is if you seek knowledge. Because when you will learn how to defend yourself from falling into these fitan. Then the Shaykh says, رحمه الله, then the Shaykh says, So the scholars, what it means to follow the scholars and to connect yourself to them is take knowledge from them and to benefit from them and to, their, to benefit from their guidance and their advice. And even for the one that is allowed to blind follow them because of him being ignorant, then for him it is permissible to blind follow. For example, a person doesn't know 
Zakat, مثلا, do women have to pay zakat on their gold? The army says, I don't know. I have no idea. This hadith, sahih, da'if, that you keep saying, Muslim, kafir, narrated, I don't know. Because the awam, some of them don't know. There's a story where someone said, someone, army, he kept on hearing, rawahu Muslim, narrated by Muslim, narrated by Muslim. In the end, he said, listen, you keep saying Muslim. Is there a hadith narrated by a kafir? Because <laughs> you know? he thought the opposite to Muslim is what kafir. He didn't know Imam Muslim is an Imam. طيب. So the awam is permissible for them to follow. طيب. <coughs> then the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, the importance of, he mentions in the statement of Imam Sa'udi, Rahimahullah, which talks about the importance of following the methodology that these great scholars have followed, which is based on the Quran and the Sunnah. And he says, for example, Imam Ahmad, Rahimahullah, and Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, and Imam Muhammad Abdul Wahab, all of these great Imams were Imams of the Sunnah. They commanded the people to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and to follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They did not have any, they did not connect the people to their personalities. They did not have this celebrity culture whereby the haqq is with them. No. They would connect the people to qala Allah wa qala Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So if you think about all of these great imams, Imam Ahmed was around during a time where they said the Quran was makhluq. He was probably one of the only imams, like with about another handful of scholars, that said, La, the Quran is the word of Allah, it is not created. And he was punished. Some imams were killed because of that. And he was firm, rahimahullah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, came at a time where everything that could go wrong went wrong. The Ash'ara and every other deviant sect was around, the Kuffar were around, the Rawafida, everybody. And then Allah chose him and he refuted every single one of them. He beat them at their own game to the extent that this, till this day, PhD uh, thesis and master's thesis are being written about Shaykh al-Islam and his efforts and how he refuted this, how he refuted that. There is not a science, Allahu A'lam, but it, in the majority of sciences of Islam, Shaykh al-Islam has work in it, has authored in it. So Allah Jalla wa'ala chose him. Then came the door of the time of Shaykh Muhammad Abdul Wahab. He came at a time when people were grave worshipping, idol worshipping. Women that want to get babies would go to a grave and sit at a grave. Sit on top of a grave thinking that the barakah of the sheikh inside the grave will reach them and somehow go through their veins and then inshallah she'll be pregnant. And then he came and he wiped all of that away. And he said, And the benefits of the da'wah Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, here we are, alhamdulillah, in the ni'mah of that da'wah. Because it connected us to where? The very first affair, which was the Sunnah of the Prophet. Also, it's important to know when it comes to the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, we have to take knowledge from the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah. We cannot take scholars from knowledge from Mubtadi'ah. Because if you take knowledge from, as we shall see in a minute, Lakin, when you take knowledge from a deviant, isn't that deviant going to come to you? That deviancy that he has in his heart, will it not come into your heart? Of course it will. And uh, inshallah, we shall see some of the statements of the Salaf regarding that. طيب. الأصل السابع الابتعاد عن الحزبيات والجماعات الإسلامية السرية The Sheikh says, رحمه الله, the ninth or the seventh أصل and the foundation of this, of the da'u salafiyya is that we stay away from all types of groups and parties, whether they're hidden or apparent. We stay away from every Newly invented group 
And the opposite to that is What do we do? We hold on to the jama'ah of the Muslims And the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam The Sheikh says Rahimahullah <coughs> The Sheikh says Nahnu nushahidu wa nara jama'atin Tanshaqwa an jama'atin muslimin al-shari'ya Tanshaqwa anha bima ladayha Min afkarim wa anzimatin Wa kulla hadihil jama'atin Tajtamu ala hadafin wahid Wa huwa karahatul mujtama' al-muslim al-shari'ya the Sheikh says, we see so many jama'at, so many groups breaking off from the main body of the jama'at, of the Muslims. And all of these jama'at have their own ideologies and own sets of rules and beliefs. And they all have the same target, which is that they say that the mujtama' or in majority of them, the majority of them, they say that the Muslim, the mujtama' of the Muslims are kuffar. Like the Ikhwan Muslimin. When their leaders came, some of the people that they would go back to, the books that they authored, they said that the mosques are temples. The mosques of the Muslims are temples today because the whole of the Basharia, the whole of mankind has turned away from Islam. Whereas they're the only people that are holding the sunnah of the Prophet So he mentions three groups. That were around and that are still around. Ikhwan Muslimin, the Jama'at al-Tabliq and the Hizb al-Tahrir. So these Jama'at are groups that the young, that, that the Muslim should avoid. Because they are not upon the methodology of the Prophet <coughs> <coughs> And the biggest evidence that they're not upon the methodology of the Prophet <coughs> is the fact that we can pinpoint when it started. It is a da'wah, a call that we can pinpoint the starting point. Muhammad Ilyas Kandahlawi had a dream and he said, I have a dream. No, he literally said, I have a dream. <laughs> huh? He based it on a dream. The usul, the foundations that he has, he based it on the dream that he had. Okay? And then they come up with six foundations. And this is what they call the people to. And you will find in that jama'ah they don't give importance to the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hence, you won't find them warning against Shirk. Hence you won't find them warning against Al-Bid'ah And the Jama'at Al-Ikhwan Muslimin They're Jama'at that started about 100 years ago And their main goal When it started Was to come into government To sit on that chair One of them sits on the chair <coughs> That's all it was Pay attention here That's their, That was their aim Whereas the da'wah of the Salafi, the Sunni that is upon the Sunnah of the Prophet his first and last goal is what? To connect the people to the Tawheed of Allah that they become righteous Muslims. It doesn't matter if he's not the leader. It doesn't matter if his cousin or his brother is not the leader. He doesn't mind. Or his tribe are not the leaders. It doesn't concern him. His main goal is that the people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they do not worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they follow the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Also, ikhwan, it can be said, why talk about these jama'at? And why talk about them? Why not leave them alone? Leave the ikhwan muslimin alone, the jama'at tabliq alone. That is something that a lot of people are pushing today. And that is the whole reason why, these, why the summer dawah in this masjid is based on the aqeedah and the manhaj of the salaf salih because yes, there are those that claim to be upon the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and they say, leave Jama'at Ikhwan Muslimin alone. 
It's political based. You're only talking about it because your Saudi rulers talk about it. They'll say that to you. And it's sad. If it was Ikhwan and Muslimin saying this, I wouldn't mind. But when you find people in your ranks saying that, that's when you need to realize that the Shabab are in danger. Now we can leave you and say to you, go to Ikhwan Muslimin. But what are you going to do tomorrow when they tell you to go to the battlefields in Syria? When they tell you that your mother is a kafirah? When they tell you your mother, your brothers and your family members are all kuffar? And when they tell you to go and join, join ISIS and al-Shabaab or Boko Haram? Because that is their belief. When they tell you that all of the kuffar are mushrikun, all of the leaders are mushrikun, the Muslims are mushrikun. Not only that, but anyone that works in their government buildings is a kafir. Therefore, it's permissible for us to kill the police officer that's walking the streets. The parking attendant is working for the government so we can kill him. So do you understand that if we leave, these, if we leave you to these jama'at, and we say, leave these jama'at, it's you that's going to fall prey to it. And this wasn't known among the Salafis 25 years ago. Ask Sheikh Ali later on. The young Salafi... Even if he had no knowledge, he knew who the people of the Sunnah were. And he knew who the people of Bid'ah were. But the problem is now, they want Ahlul Sunnah to be quiet, and they won't allow Ahlul Bid'ah to be quiet. They won't let Ahlul Bid'ah, or they won't tell Ahlul Bid'ah to be quiet. Taib. We be quiet and we leave our Shabab to get lost in the middle of nowhere. Taib. If we leave you to Jama'at Tabligh tomorrow, you'll be in Blackburn. Next day you'll be in Belgium And then the day after you'll be in Brazil Saying that you're giving da'wah When you haven't actually studied enough, Well obviously Alhamdulillah you guys always, always study Lacking How many other young people Who now come in from the streets And as soon as they come into the street uh, Come into the masjid They're like yalla get your bags Where are we going? Going to Denmark For what? We're going to give da'wah Is that the methodology of the Prophet Sallallahu so for the for Ahlul Sunnah to be quiet today is haram for them. And they will be asked about it Yawm Al-Qiyamah. So do not think why, why Ustads and why are these people always talking about these jama'at. Today it's become a taboo, lakin. It's unfortunate we have let you guys down. That's the reality. We have let you guys down. That is why many of you may think, yeah, well, it's true, leave Muslims alone, leave them, hunky-dory, get along happy. It's the du'a that have let you down. When we, Alhamdulillah, 20 odd years ago, Alhamdulillah, our mashayikh, when they were coming to the UK, they would teach the people the haqq. They would teach them who to study under and who to not study under. So the young man would grow up knowing who Albani was, who Ibn Uthaymiyyah was, who Ibn Baz was, who Fawzan was, who Abad was, and who these great imams were. Not because of who they were, but because of what they carried. Like in nowadays, because everybody's thinking about followers and I'm going to lose my uh, number of followers, X amount of number of followers if I start to talk about these affairs and if I retweet this, then they're going to think, oh, you're, you're one of those extreme selfies. They're going to think that. Because of that, everyone's like, nafsi, nafsi. I just want my institute or my masjid to be safe from all of the fitan. Well, what fitan? Yeah? And tell the shabab to stay away from the fitan. Tell the shabab to stay away from the fitan, learn the knowledge of learn the knowledge of the Quran and the Sunnah. Khalas, they will be safe. They will be safe. طيب. So the Sheikh says, Rahimahullah, 
وللأسف أقول وللأسف يوجد من جعل السلفية حزبا كهذه الأحزاب and he says and I say this we've been extremely sad لكن there are those that have made سلفية حزبا a group just like all of the other أحزاب ويوجد من يسعى إلى جعل السلفية كهذه الأحزاب there are those that have made سلفية like one of these parties <coughs> فنحن نبغى إلى الله سبحانه وتعالى من هذا الصنيع ونعوذ بالله من شر هذا الفاعل so then the sheikh says رحمه الله that there are those that try to make Salafiyya a party. You probably heard in Misr they said Jama'at al-Salafiyya when they came into government, when they or when they try to have a political party. And all across the globe we find this. Where they may not say, Ya Jama'at al-Khayyik, this is a Jama'at and this is the leader and so on. Lakin, they say that this is our Shaykh, whoever follows him is a Salafi. And whoever doesn't follow him is not a Salafi. And then a mistake happens or two scholars argue over a mas'ala in one part of the world. And then they will come to you, Masakin Shabab, and say, listen, give me your bayan. What's your, what's your stance? Who are you with? Allah, I don't know. Allah, you have to be with someone. Look, all of the evidences are proven. Look, the evidences are here. I don't know. Let me just learn. Allah, you have to be with a person. This is our bayan. We'll give you a few days to think about it. And if you don't follow this, and if you don't come to us, wallahi, you're not a mukhlis. You're not sincere. It happens. You may be laughing, like in, it's the reality that I'm talking about. If you're not with our shaykh, or if you're not with us, then, then you're not a mukhlis. Then you're not a salafi. And why is this a fitna? Imagine what a, a khilaf that happens in the other side of the world. Between two ulama from the sunnah, what has it got to do with you? Where do you come into it? You don't come into it. That's the answer. That khilaf between ahl al-ilm stays between the ahl al-ilm. Lakin to now expose it to the shabab and to now start groups and parties based on that, that is haram, an alf haram. For example, let's say now, mathalan, I come to you, I say, Fawzan has, Sheikh Fawzan refuted Sheikh Fulan. What's your stance? You say, Taib, I'm with Sheikh Fawzan. Sometime later, another alim makes a mistake and Sheikh Fawzan, hafidahullah, refutes him. And I say, la, la, now it's a different Sheikh. What's your stance? You say, Tayyip, I'm with Fawzan again. But the problem is when you say, la, this Sheikh, I love him, but Fawzan, you know, might have made a mistake. They say, khalas. And then we break off. To the extent that you find now, maybe what? Let's say there's about 60 of us in the room. If we carry on with that methodology, 10 are going to break off. Another 20 are going to break off in the year after that. A year later, another 30 are going to break off. Then there's going to be these three brothers in the front left. Is that what Islam calls to? Is that what the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ calls to? No. And whenever the scholars warn against that, they're not listened to. Sheikh Saleh al-Fawzan is from the people that warn against that all the time. In so many classes, in so many lessons and lectures that he'd be given, he'd be asked about these people that cause these sorts of fitan. They're not even students of knowledge. You will find people busying themselves with he said this, he said that, what's your stance on this, what's your stance on that? When in reality they're meant to be memorizing the Qutab of Allah, understanding the hadith of the Prophet, memorizing the hadith of the Prophet. Lakin they busy themselves with fitna. And then years later you find that 
You ask them a simple question to do with fiqh and they stutter. Whereas if they would have studied and taken the advice of the scholars, they wouldn't have stuttered. So that is who the Shaykh is referring to, rahimahullah. Look how yani, the insight that Shaykh Abdul Salam had. It happens today, but he said it way 20 years ago. Rahmatullahi alayhi rahmatullahi The Shaykh says, يقول الشيخ الإسلام الشيخ الإسلام سيس فأما الانقسام الذي يفارق بين المسلمين فيه خروج عن جماعة الاتلاف الفنقة والسلوك بطريق الابتداع ومفارقة السنة والابتباع فهذا مما ينهى عنه ويأتم فاعله ويخرج بذلك عن طاعة الله الشيخ الإسلام سيس رحمه الله As for the differing that divides the Muslims شوف As for the differing that divides the Muslims and in it there's خروج عن جماعة المسلمين you're leaving them from the main body of the Muslims وإتلاف القلوب and the hearts coming together you're going against that وسلوك طريق الابتداع and you're inventing into the طريق of the شريعة something which is not from it ومفارقة السنة والاتباع and leaving the sunnah or following the sunnah of the Prophet فهذا مما ينهى عنه that is from that which you that we prohibit against, or that it should be prohibited against. وَيَأْثَمُ فَاعِلُهُ And the one that does it is sinning. وَيَخْرُجُ بِذَلِكَ And because of that, he leaves the ta'a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So sahih, there are those that make salafiyah to be hizb. لكن إخواني, pay attention here. Does that mean we leave salafiyah? لا, it doesn't mean we leave salafiyah. Because there are those that misuse a salafiyah, and say we are Salafis and no one else is a Salafi, it doesn't mean that we're saying, خلاص, then we're going to leave Salafiyah. Salafiyah is extreme, Islam. In the, when you, in the media outlets, all media outlets, what are Muslims labeled? Terrorists. What are we going to say? خلاص, Muslims are terrorists, we're going to leave Muslims, we're going to leave Islam. Is that correct to say? Of course not. Salafiyah is yours. All you have to do to act upon Salafiyah is say, Believe in what they believed in, you're a Salafi. You don't have to go to a certain Shaykh, you don't have to take a certain stance, you don't have to give a bayan, you don't have to go to a certain Makkah or a certain city or anything like that. Even the old woman living in the Bedouin with her sheep, she's a Salafiyah. As long as she's upon the Quran and the Sunnah, upon the understanding of Salaf al-Salih, even though she may not know it in detail, like in her fitrah is Salim. Then the Shaykh says, Rahimahullah, Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala sammana fi kitabihi al-Muslimin, wa sabu sammakum muslimin, wa thabata fi muslimi ahmed, and Imam Ahmed said, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, man da'a da'u al-jahiliyyah, whoever calls with the slogans of jahiliyyah, فهو جثاء جهنم. Then he is from the people of jahannam. قال رجل, ya Rasulullah, ya Rasulullah, wa insama wa salla, what if he prays and he fasts? Naam, wa insama wa salla, wa lakin tasammu bismillahi ladhi sammakum ibadallahi muslimin mu'minin. So that is who we are. We're Muslims. طيب. So then, someone can say, so why are you saying Salafi, Salafi? Sunni, Sunni, Ahlul Athar, Ahlul Hadith, Fiqhatul Naji, where do this come from? The Sheikh says, وَهَذِهِ تَسْمِيَةُ كَانَتْ طيب. uh, We're going to have a 15-minute break, inshallah. 7.29, 15-minute break. That's enough in a 15-minute break. 15-minute break, and then we'll resume, inshallah, for the last session. We haven't got long left. We've only got number 8, 9, and 10. Wallahu ta'ala alam wa ahkam. Billahi tawfiq.